Good morning. It's so nice to see folks here in the building this morning. Folks online, we're glad that you chose to spend your morning with us. Let's stand together and let's worship our Lord and Savior. A mountain. 
take a seat. Um, so nice to be here with you guys today. I missed you. I had to take a little hiatus, go to Texas and help my family out with some things. So I really miss being in person worshiping with you. So anyways, that's just my little Katie's personal opinion on Sundays. Um, not too many announcements for you today. Um, membership. If you are not a member of Murray Hill Church, but you're interested, um, please let us know. You can shoot us an email at info at murrayhill.church. You don't have to have to come in person to be a member here. We have online memberships available. We have um, online small groups and different opportunities to connect with each other that way. Um, so let us know if you have any questions. We'd love to talk to you about that. And just a reminder for giving. Giving is um, a part of, as members of Murray Hill Church, an act of worship. Um, so there are multiple ways we can give. We can give online at give.murrayhill.church. You can text to give. You can mail in your giving. Different ways there. So thank you for continuing to give faithfully. It allows us to um, put our programs into action with our kids and our youth and adults. So thank you. I love the song we just sang. Um, been learning and being reminded of a lesson of whatever battle you go through, God already knew you were going to go through it. And he already gives you. You have what you need to get through the battle because he empowers you to do so. Um, just learning the lesson that he is faithful and good, uh, no matter how hard it seems and feels, he already knew and he knows what you need. And so let's pray and then we will continue worshiping. God, I'm so thankful to be able to come together as a family um, at Murray Hill Church, whether it's here in person or online, to worship you. And I'm thankful for who you are as God, you know everything, and you know what we'll face and what we need to face those things. And so I just pray these next few minutes that um, we could just focus on you, that every breath that comes from our lungs is in dedication and honor to worshiping you. Um, you are good, and you are God, and you are love and light, and I'm just so thankful for all of that. And it's in your name that I pray, amen. Stand and sing with us.
being reminded of your greatness, of your awesomeness, of you deciding to send your son, not for the great things about us, but because of the great things about you. Thank you for that sacrifice. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
Heavenly Father, we come before you praising that name which is above all names. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful, wonderful, and powerful name it is. And Father, we thank you that victory has been won and will be won, and that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, for your grace, for your mercy. Lord, we pray that this time would honor you, that you would give us clear minds and clear thoughts, that your spirit would work in our hearts, and today would be transformational for us. Bless this time and use it for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. So those of you in the room know this, um, and uh, those who are online, depending if you're in other states, you need to understand that the Sunshine State is not very sunny right now. In fact, it rains all the time. And I know they're having droughts other places. That's not us. And uh, it has hopefully, the rain for today is done. That would be fantastic. I'm not counting on it, though. It's just been one of those things. Anyway, we, we've been talking about this post-pandemic life and, and what it's going to look like for those of us who are followers of Jesus. And, and how do we, when we get back out there, how should we live our lives in a, in a way that brings honor and glory to, to King Jesus? And so we've been talking about different things. We talked about family and friends, and we talked about fellowship and the, the need for each other and, and how important that is. And today I'm going to move on to something a little different that may catch you off guard. We're going to talk about forgiveness and really, the, the subject is much broader than just forgiveness, because it seems like people are really mad today. I don't know if you sense that, but it's like we're angry about everything. We get angry about masks. Some people are angry because they have to wear a mask, and some people are angry because other people don't wear masks. We're angry about vaccinations for the same reason. Some people are angry because they need to get vaccinated, and other people are angry because they're not getting vaccinated. We're, we're angry about airplane flights. It is amazing how many people are getting in fights in airports and airplanes. It's like uh, there was a, a Southwest flight attendant who had two of her teeth knocked out by somebody. What, what the heck is going on? And so there's, there's this anger that is so powerful and so real. We, we were driving around yesterday, and we noticed, you know, when you're at a light and it turns green and the person in front of you doesn't go, depending on your personality, you wait a little while and just lightly tap the horn and say, hey, do you not like that shade? You know, there's it's good green up there. Go ahead and go. I know. But we've noticed that people aren't waiting. I mean, the light turns green and it's, go. It's like, what the heck is going on? And there is this incredible anger. And, and, and to bring it a little closer to home, I'm a part of the Murray Hill Facebook page and the Murray Hill Next Door page, and they get in fights about the craziest things. And if you ever just want to be entertained, I don't ever participate. I just read uh, because I would just make it worse if I participated. But, but they, they have fights about cats and dogs and whether or not possums are good animals or not. Um, they have fights whether that was fireworks or if it was gunshots. Happens all the time. And, and just on and on, it's like this past week we had, a, we had a big discussion about there was somebody trying to get everybody to mow at the same time on the same day. 
because this person was working at home all week, and they said, people are mowing all the time. I, I don't have any time, and because I'm working at home, I, all I hear is lawnmowers and weed eaters, and can we all just do it at the same time? I'm like, really? <laughs> and so it's a, there's this there's this anger that is so deep and so penetrating our, our society and culture. And I think the pandemic has just multiplied it. It has just made it worse. And now we're, we're coming out from hiding and, and people have forgotten how to act. And so I, I want us to look at this passage today because as followers of King Jesus, we need to understand we represent him in this going back out there. And as we interact with people, we, we represent King Jesus, and we, we need to be careful how we interact with others. And so we're going to look at a passage from Colossians chapter 3. And just as a reminder, um, Colossians was one of the books, one of the letters that Paul wrote from his Roman imprisonment, called one of the prison letters, written to the church at Colossae. And it was written as, a, as a, an encouragement to them but also a challenge to them on how to live the Christian life. And I think it's important for us to understand that they were going through persecution, and so Paul is talking about how to interact with those who are against you. And so I, I think not, not only those who are of the faith, but those who are against the faith, this is how we should, should act towards them. So let's look together for, at Colossians chapter 3, and we're just going to read three verses, 12 through 14. It's page 1184 if you're in the room using the Pew Bible. Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another, if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And, and, and Paul, I think if he were talking to us in this day and time as followers of Jesus, this message would just be really powerful to us. So let's go back through and, and just look at primarily 12 and 13. Therefore, as God's chosen people... That's those of us who follow him. That's those of us who are all in. That's those of us who have chosen to make him the center of our world. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with these things. So I'm going to go through these things that he lists and kind of translate them from the Greek for you because I, I think it will help us kind of get an idea of how we need to live. And, and understanding that as we interact with people, it is the Spirit of Christ who helps us do these things. Okay, so the first one is compassion. So compassion translated is a deep awareness of and sympathy for another's suffering. A deep awareness of and sympathy for another's suffering. I think it's important to note that what the pandemic has done, it has caused a lot of suffering. And I mean, it has some physically for people, and it, of course it has taken a lot of lives. We had a lot more people die in 2020 than most other years. And so there are a lot more people who are going through the mourning realities of losing someone. But we also have a lot of people who are suffering because they're lonely. They went through this process and they found out that the people they thought were friends weren't really friends. 
and they didn't stay connected, and, and, and so they, they find themselves in loneliness. And so we, we find people going through different kinds of difficulties, and, and, and the call is to be compassionate towards those realities and understand the hurt and have compassion, have love for them. Well, Paul goes on, and the second quality, he says, is kindness, and that translated means the quality of being warm-hearted, considerate, humane, gentle, and sympathetic. I think he could have said, just be nice to people. Just be nice. There's so many people not being nice. And followers of Jesus, we, we need to show kindness and be nice. We, we need to have words of kindness, words of niceness, if you will, to open doors for people, to let people in in traffic. We need to bring nicety back. And we need to realize as followers of Jesus, that needs to be a part of who we are. And I get it. There are some people, it's really hard to be nice to them. I get that. There are some people, it's a lot easier to not be nice, to be the opposite of kind. But our calling is kindness. Paul goes on. The next word, he says, humility. It means the disposition of valuing or assessing oneself appropriately especially in light of one's sinfulness. What Paul says is to look at yourself honestly and realize the people that you're frustrated with, ultimately before God, you're just as bad as they are. Your sinfulness. To realize that you've been forgiven, that the only difference between you and someone who's not a follower of Jesus is grace. That's it. And Paul said, don't ever forget where you came from. Don't ever forget that you were a sinner saved by grace and, and you could be just like them. Don't ever lose sight of that. So in humility, we, we remember where we've come from. The next word is gentleness, acting in a manner that is gentle, mild, and even-tempered. <laughs> There's a calmness. There's a calmness that should come from us. And the last one is patience, which means patient endurance of pain or unhappiness. And really, I think this word has to do with the persecution that they were going through, that even when people persecute you, kindness and love needs to come from you. And so Paul has laid out an incredibly high standard for us. And remember that he is one writing from prison, one who is eventually going to be beheaded because of this faith. He is writing to them to have this kind of attitude towards people as you go out into the world. You see, right now, for some reason, we, we have this idea in Christendom that our job is to go out and condemn everybody and tell them all the things they're doing wrong. But the truth is, our, our call is to spill love on them, the love of Jesus. And so he gives us this list, and, and he says, you know, this is what people need, when they walk away from you, they need to feel. This is what they need to feel. And so I, I want to challenge you, if you find yourself in a situation where, where you are finding yourself more angry than you normally would be, to step back and reconnect to the king and ask him to help you see people the way he sees them. The 
Because every word, every interaction you have is going to spill something on other people. My goodness, let's let it be love. Let's let it be love. So online, there is this discussion right now about fireworks. This happens four times every year on the Murray Hill uh, Facebook page and the Murray Hill Next Door page. There is this great argument about fireworks, all right? And if you haven't seen it, I encourage you. It's really entertaining. But basically, you have two sides. You have one side begging people not to shoot fireworks, either because their animals can't take it, or, and they say someone in the house has PTSD. And then you have the other side saying, I have every right in America to shoot fireworks if I want to. And that's the nicest part about it. From that point on, it gets really, really ugly. They start calling each other in its name. They don't know each other, and they keep telling each other how horrible they are, and, and on and on it goes. It's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And every year, two, years before the, two weeks before July 4th, the fireworks start. And they happen every single night. And they go on, and they go on, and they go on. And it has created this incredibly high tension. But see, I, I step back from that discussion, and I, and I read it, and I, and, and I really have come to the conclusion that the overarching reality is that everybody is full of selfishness. That I want what I want when I want, and I'm going to have it when I want it. That's what's driving the discussion. Again, we were driving yesterday, and we, we noticed, I, I don't know when this started, but there is this new trend in Jacksonville that if you are in the left-hand lane and you're about to miss your exit, you cut through everybody to get to it. Well, that happened to us twice. It happens all the time. And, and, and I see that, and I think, okay, we're, we're going 55 to 60 miles an hour here, and you're just doing that. And, and my, my thought is, first of all, you're risking a wreck, potentially your life, as well as all of the other cars that you might hit and their lives as well. And I'm like, what, why do you do that? I mean, that's a new phenomenon. I mean, occasionally it would happen, but now it seems to happen all the time. And it's like, what, what's going on here? And, and you have to come back to this reality, I think, that I want what I want when I want it, and I'm going to get it no matter what it costs anybody else. That is the exact opposite of who followers of Jesus are called to be. The exact opposite. See, we're called to serve. We're called to love. We're called to share all of these characteristics that Paul mentioned. And doggone it, we're just called to be nice. And so as we go back out there and as the world tries to function in this new reality, and it is a new reality, please know. And I don't know if it's, if it's all the being, being bottled up inside their houses and people are just going nuts now and they forgot how to live and act. I, I don't know. But the bottom line for us is our job is to bring Jesus' love into this world. And these are some basic foundational characteristics that the scripture mentions on who we're supposed to be. So if you find that being difficult for you, I'm going to challenge you to step back. <laughs> Remember whose you are. 
Remember who you belong to. Remember who you represent. Remember that your citizenship is not here, but it's in heaven. And live for the king in the way that you interact with other people. And by the way, just as a side note, I know I've said this a lot lately. That's true online as well as in person. You know, um, I'm sure your, your parents have probably told you the same thing. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. One of the things I think that needs to happen is we just need to be quiet. We just need to be quiet. And we need to love. Okay, so now we go on to the next verse, and Paul takes it a little deeper for us. Verse 13 says this, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I see, it wouldn't be so bad if he didn't add that last sentence. They said, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Do, do you know how the Lord forgave you? He gave you forgiveness you didn't deserve. He didn't say, now go fix this and apologize and make everything right and then I'll forgive you. He forgave you anyway. And I think it's very hard for us as human beings to, to do this. I know we can't do it on our own without his help. But, but the call is to forgive in the same way you've been forgiven. It is the challenge that when people have hurt you, when people do things to you, forgive. And I'm not saying that it's fun. And I'm sure not saying that it's easy. But I'm telling you it's the calling in fact, Jesus was so big on this. I'll read a couple of verses to you. Mark 11, he said, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your, you your sins. And a little, little more detail, the Matthew 6 version of that, following the, the Lord's Prayer, he said this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. What? If I don't forgive, I don't get forgiven. And I think about that and I step away. I say, well, why is, why is God requiring that? It's not that God needs me to forgive, to be more Godlike. It has to be something about me. That I need to forgive for my relationship with him. It's not that he needs me to forgive. It's that I need me to forgive. So, little self-disclosure here. Um, not too long ago, I was confronted with the reality, uh, because of multiple circumstances, that I had... Um, significant unresolved anger in my life. And it's interesting as I go through my life journey as an adult that everybody who's ever hurt me has been a church person. Now, my career would lean towards that, and I, I get that, but that's been my reality. And But being a man who wants to be strong, you say, oh, this person hurt me, it's not going to bother me, and you just push it down and pretend like it never happened and just move on. Because that's what real men do, right? But here's what I discovered. When you do that, it shows back up some way or another. And so I began to, to realize this reality. So 
I did what any good person does when they want answers. I got on Google, and I typed in how to forgive. And there's a lot on that. But I came across a, a Christian counselor's webpage, and this counselor had this, this plan. If, you, if you're not going to meet with a counselor, here's what I suggest you do. And it was, it was pretty interesting. And, and uh, basically it said that um, write it out. First of all, write down what they did. Secondly, write down your feelings and your emotions with it. Thirdly, write what you think should have happened. And then fourthly, write what God taught you through the, through the thing. So I went in my brain back to 1988 where it all started. And there were uh, three deacons in the first church we were in that really made my life miserable. And uh, actually there were four. I take that back. And so I went through each one and I wrote down situation after situation exactly what happened and uh, I went through and, and, and each one I get done and I'd look them up online to see if they were still alive. And only one of them was. In fact, I saw the grave markers for the other three. They had pictures of those online. I didn't know they did that, but they did. And uh, so I knew they were gone. Um, but anyway, as I, as I got done with each one, I would stop and I would pray and for the one that was alive, uh, I prayed for him and for his family. I prayed for their families. And I prayed. I said, Lord, that situation was really, really hard. And it hurt very deeply. But I know you don't judge me based on that experience. So please help me move forward. Help me let it go. And in the process, other things, as, as I kept moving forward in history, there, there were times I had to stop and I had to say, you know what? I made that worse. I said this or did that, and I threw fuel in the fire because I was angry, and I made it explode, and I was wrong in that. And I kept going forward, and I'm up to about 2005 now, um, but, but I, I kept going forward, and I go, but, but here, here's what happened, and, and please understand, I'm not a counselor, I'm not a psychologist, I don't have all the answers for this, I'm just telling you what worked for me, Okay? When you have an aerosol can that's full of pressure, the way that it works is you press the button and the pressure comes out and is, is released. And whatever the thing is that's in the can will, will come out. So if you spray something, there's pressure inside that can. And every person that I went through and after every prayer that I prayed, it was like someone was pressing the aerosol can of my life and just letting the pressure out. And with each person and with each thing that happened and with each event, I would step back and I was, it, it was like, it's better. Now, I won't say they won't come back up and I won't say that they won't hit me on occasion, but, but the reality is it's like, I think I'm moving towards forgiveness. And the truth is that some of them didn't deserve to be forgiven. Now, I'll just be honest. What they did, they, they don't deserve forgiveness. But I'm called to forgive. And so in those, those cases, it was like, Lord, I, I want to forgive. I want to move on. I don't want to hold on to this anymore. I got a life to live. Because, see, I, I've learned historically a couple of things. If I hold on to anger, that most of the time the person I'm angry with either doesn't know I'm angry or they don't really care, right? I mean, that's, that's the reality is I, they don't know or they don't care. 
And the second side of it is, if I hold on to anger, they're living rent-free in my brain. And they own a piece of me. I really don't like that. So I pray, Lord, please set me free from this. Let me go. <laughs> let it go. Let, it, let, it, let me move on. Because I need to be set free. And it's amazing how God does that. Now, again, I want to say, um, if you try that and it doesn't work and you need more help, please get it. it, it is, it's worth the journey on the other side of it. I, please take it. And I will tell you that probably the journey is going to get harder before it gets better, but it is worth it. It is worth it. Because God didn't call his followers to live in hate and to live in anger. That's stuff we do. And the response is always, well, Jesus got mad and threw people out of the temple. Yeah, he did. But first of all, he was Jesus. And second of all, you know who Jesus got mad at? He got mad at the people who misrepresented God, who misrepresented the Father. That's not typically what we get upset about. So I, I want to challenge you today as I've been challenging myself. Man, let go. Let God help you let go. It's so freeing. So incredibly freeing. And, and here's the deal. Because of the pandemic, we probably have a lot more people we're angry with. Sometimes it's connected with our life choices. Sometimes it's connected to politics. Sometimes it's connected to all kinds of really peripheral stuff, not kingdom stuff. And the truth is, I get it. I was real frustrated this week. I was taking a survey, and I went from being 45 to 54 to being 55 to 64. And I was like, I'm in the same category as Gary Miller. How did that happen? That can't be right. But I've discovered as age keeps coming, I get more frustrated about more things because the world keeps changing and, and, and things keep happening and things that I believe the world's telling me is not right. But I realize I can't fix all that. I chase after the king. And if he gives me opportunity to interact with people about that, then I'll be glad to do so. But it's not my job to go tell everybody how horrible they are. It seems, if Paul's right, that my job is to bring love to, to all of this. Kindness, compassion, humility. Whew. And imagine the difference it would make if we actually did that. See, we live in a time that people are watching for church people to do something dumb. And what in the world would happen if we actually brought love? Ah, oh, the impact. If Jesus' people would just act like Jesus. Because that's what we're called to do. Let's pray. Father, I come before you and I thank you that your desire is for us to be whole. 
I thank you that you haven't called us to live in anger or to live in fear or to live in despair. I thank you that you've called us to a life of peace and joy. And Father, we, just, we make it so hard. And we don't have to. And I pray that as we go through this post-pandemic journey that we would bring your love to a world that so desperately needs to, to see it. And Father, I thank you that when it comes to forgiveness, you will give us what we need if we'll depend on you. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here or watching that needs to begin the process of, of forgiving, I, I pray that you give them the courage, give them the willingness and the desire, and give them the means to do that. And I pray they'd be set free from that bondage. Father, you're a great God. And I thank you that you are so faithful. Lord, I pray that this time would be everything you want it to be. I pray if there's anyone here watching that does not know you, that today would be a day of salvation for them. And it's in that wonderful and precious name of Jesus I pray. Amen. This morning, if you're here or you're watching, I want to let you know that the forgiveness that Jesus brought covers everything you've ever done. Every mistake you've ever made, every sinful choice you've ever had, every wrong decision that offends God, it's all been forgiven. But he asks that we receive him. He asked that we make Jesus the center of our lives, the center of our world. He asked that he becomes the most important thing. And we realize that that gift is, of forgiveness is offered, but we, we have to receive it. We have to acknowledge that we need it. And so we say it this way, we ask Jesus into our lives. We ask for forgiveness, we ask for grace. And we commit ourselves to follow him. If you're here today or watching and you've never made that decision, we want to invite you to make it today. In a minute as we sing, if you're in the room, I invite you to walk to the Welcome Center and let's talk about faith and what it means. If you're online, you can text us or you can email us with the numbers that are shown. We'll respond to you. But in this crazy, mixed up, difficult world, the only place to find peace is in him. Maybe you're here and are watching and God has put on your heart that you need to be officially a part of this community of faith. I invite you, same thing, when we're done, come by the Welcome Center or online, text us, email us. God's up to some really cool stuff. We're looking forward to sharing that with you on July the 25th. Or maybe today you're like me and you need to walk down this road of forgiveness. Take the chance. It's worth it. Because without it, there's no peace. 
So I want to invite you to respond today as you feel led. As you feel God leading you, say yes to him, however he leads, as we stand and worship together. This week, as you leave this place, as you walk through life, wear his name well. Thank you.